0: Episode 28 of the fourth season and one of the most unique seasons we've ever had of LOI Weekly with Johnny Ward and Pat Fenlon in studio reporting live from, where are you Pat, Belfast I presume? No, I'm in Dublin today and I'm in Hollystown in Dublin, working from home. That's, that's the new normal it has to be said thanks to our new sponsors Lottoland where you'll find all the odds and special bets for the rest of the SC or Tristy League Premier Division check out lottoland.ie forward slash sportsbook and make sure to stay tuned as we'll be giving out some of their specials throughout the show you'll find us on Podcast Republic Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud iTunes at LY Weekly on Twitter Uh, Dan isn't with us this week but we have to reflect on a fairly remarkable last round of games we'll have Ollie Horgan uh, very shortly who's just spoke to me and Pat before we came on the show we're going to hear from Dara Doyle, the Longford manager, ahead of their uh, playoff game against Shelburne. And uh, we're going to also hear from Dan, who's going to give us a, an appraisal uh, of the teams this season, the 10 teams. But first of all, good morning, Pat Finn, and how are you? I'm great, Johnny. Yourself? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. It was, uh, it was a strange season. Obviously, we still have the cup and the playoff. Um, I suppose just to, to get to yourself first, how are things up in Linfield?
1: Yeah, all gone well. Obviously, we've started our league campaign and we started quite well. Uh, three wins from three, so um, happy enough for that. And you know, we're um, we're going we're going quite well at the moment. And um, that's what you want, I suppose, when you start a league ca- campaign. You want to you want to make sure you hit the ground running, and we've done that quite well.
0: Am I contradicting you here? But I think you might have four wins from four. Is Sorry, that right? You're right,
1: Johnny. It is four and four. I forgot the game on Saturday <laughs> that, that I did attend and put it down, and uh, it was probably one that. I it was easily forgotten to be fair. It wasn't a great game, but we picked up the three points on the road at Portadown, down, which was difficult venue the best of the time. So it's a great start. Um, you know, on the back of obviously winning the league last year. Um good good enough run in Europe. Probably a little bit disappointed how we went out of Europe to be honest. You know, there was a mm. great opportunity there. Home draws. Um but didn't materialise, but good start to the season, which is most important.
0: Um, actually reminds me of just last year. I was, I was at Windsor for the Carabag game, and uh, that was an incredible uh, sequence of results. And you know that late goal you conceded in Windsor that night. But for that, who knows? It was it was a remarkable performance on the European stage by Linfield last season. That
1: oh, was incredible. I mean, manager, players deserve huge credit. We went on a, a brilliant run, prepared really well for it, and preseason games were good and competitive and. You know, we 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 rather look in some of the games in Europe with some brilliant performances. I think, like you said, the game against at home we were outstanding, and, and only for that late late penalty against us. You never know because we would have went there obviously putting a lot of pressure on them, and even their performance over there in the back of that was fantastic. So brilliant run, and we all know obviously the difference that makes financially to football clubs mm. when you have runs like that in Europe.
0: Uh, this season I, I, I'm friendly with a Glen Thorne fan and certainly they had high expectations hasn't really worked out mm. so far Larn have been flying it obviously good money behind Larn but what, I suppose what's the what's the depth of the league there who are the teams you'd be expecting to challenge the Blues I
1: think I think you know the one thing about the, the league at the moment is very very competitive I think you're right Glen Thorne will be really disappointed with their start I think they've had two points um, which they really disappointed about um, you know they had a high expectation brought in a lot of players um, but it'll be like you say, Larn a very, very good team, beat us well in the country Anthem Shield game last week. We did have a man sent off fairly early in the game, but they are a good side. They were good against us last year in the games I watched. Um and in the usual I think colain you know, good side as well. We'll be challenging Crusaders, we'll be challenging Cliftonville, obviously got plenty of gold scorers in the team. So it is there is four to five teams within the league that are capable of mounting a challenge to win the league this year again
0: and um, just before we move on to the League of Ireland what's it been like for the clubs up there you know it's almost like we're kind of used to this normal now of clubs being financially supported without um, any crowds down here and obviously great potential news regarding a vaccine uh, yesterday but like how how have you guys survived up there and how long can it go on well we still we still got crowds
1: at the moment I think we can have up to 600 in the stadium um, Mm. you know for games at the moment and it's difficult to manage, Johnny. I have to be honest. From my position as the general manager of the club, there's a there's a hell of a lot of work needs to go into that, and to make sure that 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 works properly. And um, you know, from a financial point of view, we haven't had any major help yet, but hopefully that's coming down the road, because um, it will need to be, because you know, clubs clubs will struggle if 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 we don't. And um, so it's it's I think it's like everybody just roll up the sleeves and get on with it and try to be, do the best job we can. Uh, it's been. You know, for everybody, it's the same. It's 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 very very unusual circumstances in football. Watching football, playing football, even for the players, very difficult. Um, you know, very difficult even for for managers to to maintain that togetherness in dressing rooms and you you can't use them for periods of time. So it's it's mm. it's very strange times.
0: How have you found the lockdown yourself, based down here? And you know, it's 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 I guess it's kind of changed a lot of the uh, the way we look at life and so on. But have you dealt with it okay? And have you been kept busy?
2: Yeah, I think
1: you try to deal as best you can. Everybody's in the same boat and, you know, probably cut down on the travelling at the moment and spend a bit more time at home. Um, unfortunately, I get a bit more painting jobs when I do that, so mm. just have to get on with that, Johnny. Like probably everybody else, but um, no, it is difficult. You know, everybody wants to be out and working and, and, and making sure, And I think in the job that I'm in, you want to be around, you want to be around the stadium and making sure everything is prepared for games. So it's trying to find a balance that works, I suppose, for everybody and we're doing the best we can.
0: We might have a chat about the the All Ireland League and where where that might be later on. But just have you have you been to any League of Ireland games, or have you been watching on the streams, or um, have you been keeping tabs? I'll probably watch
1: most on the streams, unless I've been working at any of them. I haven't sort of put anybody under pressure to attend games. To be honest, I think it's mm. it's difficult enough. I know from my own situation, you are getting requests for people to attend games, and you're having to, to turn them down. So I've probably watched from afar as suppose, unless I've been working, you know, uh, doing CoCom or wherever games. So, um. But it's been it's been a very interesting season. Obviously, different different type of league completely. So, um, and last night's probably combination in, in uh, a few surprises along the along the way like there's been all season.
0: Yeah, um, I suppose the the results last Friday night. I was at the the promotion uh, playoff game, which Longford Town mm-hmm. won 2-1 against um, Galway United. Totally deserved, and we will hear from Dara Doyle later on. And uh, I tell you what, Pat, they go into a game against Shelburne now. I I, I and I'm a firm believer in this I think when you're going into a playoff it's it's about mental momentum to, to an extent and there's only one team that could could have any um, you know claim to mental momentum of those two at the moment Dundalk lost 2-0 at home to Sligo Rovers we, we, we literally discuss all these teams in due course Sympathic Athletic 1 Bohemians 2 um, very entertaining game it looked like in Richmond Park um, bear in mind now I, I had about 3 or 4 tabs open last night mm-hmm. and not bar tabs now tabs in the laptop trying to watch all these games at once uh, Shelburne Nil, Shamrock Rovers 2 two, Finharps 1 won, Waterford nil, Cork City won, Derry City won. And all this means, Pat, that Cork City, of course, goes straight down, Shelburne go into the playoffs, Sligo Rovers finish fourth, Dundalk finish third. Sligo Rovers now look uh, very, very likely, uh, Barron may be one of the outsiders to win the cup of uh, getting into Europe. Briefly, Pat, um, what did you make of it all? As you mentioned, some surprises.
1: Yeah, I don't think there was any surprise at the top end of the table. I think Rowers were fantastic from the first day. They came back to 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 obviously last night again and to keep that going, even after winning the title, I know that that you know staying unbeaten is 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 was the goal. But still, it still takes a little bit of edge sometimes when you get over the line and you've got games remaining. You know, not purposely pe- people just slack off a little bit, but they've done really well going into a real competitive game last night. Because shells needed something from the game, so they've been different class all season. I think. You know the way they play, the setup of the team. You know the the balance of the squad really, really strong. Goal scorers. You know everybody complained that they probably hadn't got a goal scorer, but they've got goal scorers all over the midfield contributing the goals. And 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 again, a striker that probably for me probably doesn't get the the, the credit he deserves. But the way Robert's play, he 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 leads the line brilliantly for them and allows the players behind him to express themselves. So. Um, you know and I I think both have to be given huge credit as well for what they've achieved you know the finish runners up to to Shamrock Rovers ahead of Dundalk is is a fantastic achievement for them I think they'll be disappointed that they've lost five games this year Johnny I think they've tried to find a way of playing a little bit differently this year and it may have cost them in some of the games you know so it's something they'll probably look at for next season um, but it's been it's it's it, it's it's been a funny league. I have to be honest. It's it's been it's been you looking at I'm looking at shells. You know, to get relegated, they're in their relegation uh, playoff. You know, and they've lost nine games. Sligo have lost nine games and probably will get to Europe. Um so it's 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 it's, it's a funny league this year. You know. So, um, but the credit has to go to Rovers obviously for what they've achieved and very very capable of backing that up with a double
0: as well. You've you've taken a, you made a very interesting point there. Bows will be disappointed that they lost five games. So they 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 drew one game all season. They hmm. won twelve games. They lost twice against Shamrock Rovers. They lost against Finn Harps when kind of they, you know it was it was a nothing game for them. But you think that, that like to be fair, five defeats out of eighteen is, is nothing to be boasting about. But um, I would have thought they'd be absolutely you know thrilled with this season and maybe the problem would be holding on to players.
1: I think they will be thrilled with the season but I think as a manager and coach and staff you'll be looking and thinking how do we improve I think both mm. you know there's probably a bit of expectation around them now they've got some money in the door and you now there'll be an expectation that they go and spend on players which I don't think they will, will do I think they, what they've done is manage the club really well but I, I think they will look at that and think five games we shouldn't have lost five games out of 18 mm. you know defensively they've got a lot of very good players as well they did miss a few centre-halves for a period of time which may have cost them as well and obviously like the, the big games against Rovers. You know, they lost both of them, even if you nick a draw and both of them like they've been doing or winning over the last couple of seasons, you know. So but I did think Bose slightly changed the way they played a little bit this year. And, you know, maybe that was to try win a few more games but unfortunately if they've ended up uh, losing losing a few more. And that's been I'm not being critical because they've had a brilliant season, but just looking from a manager's point of view and a coaching staff point of how do we improve? I'm sure Rovers will be looking at the same. How do they improve? You know, Dundalk definitely be looking how they improve, but Bose for me if you stay in them games and you you, you know you only lose two, you give yourself a chance, even if they're against Rovers, that, that makes that gap a little bit smaller. So I think that's where the room for improvement will be with with Bohemians.
0: Can you remind us how many of the 10 clubs you either played for or managed? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's fairly simple. I think the, the Rovers,
1: Bows and, and Shells and St. Pat's, uh, the Dublin clubs I've played for. And Derry um, City. And I've, I've managed uh, Derry and, and Rovers and Bows and Shells.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's basically half the the league. And um, but you, mm. you you didn't have an association with Finn, Har- Finn Harris. But before we nope. play the Ollie interview. Um, I don't know Pat I mean I saw Stephen Henderson was on I think he was on Twitter this morning uh, I think it was Stephen Henderson was saying you know obviously Bradley will probably get manager of the year but the job mm. the job they've done and it was more so the fact that the last nine games they lost two they they, they beat Bohemians away they got a draw against Dundalk granted they lost against Shamrock Rovers and mm. they lost against Sligo but an incredible run of results
1: Absolutely I think you said earlier it was two from nine or something they lost and I think you have to give them great credit because when Shells won the games back to back, I think against maybe Waterford and Sligo I think probably everybody thought that's it, and maybe Shells did as well. Um, let's call it, I, I call completely it the,
0: agree with you there. I, I was at that game and I, I thought it was like celebratory mode afterwards.
1: Yeah, and I think it affected them in that game, and obviously it affected them in the Cook game, and thought you know took their foot off the pedal a little bit, and they've, they've they've been dragged back into it into that playoff. And I think you have to give Harps great credit. I mean, it's listen and I'm not being disrespectful to Finn Harps it's hard for Ollie to attract players up there it's, mm. it's, 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 it's not the best place to go and play um, and it's very important the type of player he brings into the club and him and Paul Hegarty have done a brilliant job there you know? I, know I know both of them really well the amount of work and travel they do to get the games and watch players you know they, they leave no sound to, to try to bring in a type of player that they obviously can afford which is, is the big issue for them um, and obviously a type of player that's going to go into a dressing room that they know they're going to have to roll up your sleeve and scrap for every point that's available so I think they do deserve great credit. Listen, the skin of the teeth they've they've stayed up, you know, but I think if you if you'd asked not to start, if you finished eight, would you be happy that they'd have taken your hand off? It's 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 like I said to Ollie as well, is how do you take it forward? You know, if you're Finn Harps, you're looking at this and you're Ollie, you're thinking, Okay, do I want another Battle around a relegation next season, or can I try to take it forward? Um, you know, and that's a dilemma for him as well. For for Harps, it's 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 a difficult situation for them. They're not they're not they're not um they are on their own up there, and they they do have mm. a decent support when it when it's going well for them. You know, so it'd be interesting to see how they approach next season.
0: Well, that was one of the things that uh, Pat and I discussed with Ollie Horgan, uh, who joined us uh, just before the show. Joined now by Oli Horgan. Ollie, congratulations! Um, just just looking back on the results there. I, as far as I know, and I, I could be wrong on this, I think you've lost two of your last nine games, which is effectively one complete half of the season. Um, it really is an incredible achievement, and you've done it playing with a style of football maybe as well that perhaps went a little bit unnoticed at times. So, congratulations first of all. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Look, we got there in the end, which is which is all that matters, but and everything. Um you were expecting a playoff, I suppose, at best for much of the season, were you?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, both myself and Paul Higgerty watched Langford play a gallery, obviously, in, in Delfield on Friday. That's you know you know, we we we, we, we okay, look we we, we we didn't write off what happened last night fully, but you know, when, when Shelburne won their two games in a row in Wallaford and Sligo, it looked like that that that, that if you like that, carrot was gone. We had only won two games all season before we went to Mount and Look, we had a fair run of the luck in the last couple of weeks that maybe we didn't have before it. But um, okay, it's 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 worked out in the end. But that would be. Pat, what have you made of it? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic achievement, like Holly said. Obviously, had their right. Maybe on the playoff, I think
1: the short season would have. You know, they probably would have thought they had a chance of getting out there and not having to play in a playoff. You know. And, um, I think for them to, to stay in division, you know, the playoffs is is a great achievement. I think it's probably the perennial question for Ali, it's how they take it on now, isn't it? And he's probably wondering the same thing. Um, we spoke about a lot of time about Finn Harps. It's a, it's a very very good club, you know, in a, in a, in a with a good fan base in a, in a probably a GA dominated county. So it's it's it is a great achievement for them to stay in Bruntshire. Ollie's looking and thinking, I don't want to be in. This situation again next year. I want to be building yeah. up the table, and it's how they do that. It's how they bridge that gap, and that's difficult. I understand it is difficult for them. Um, they probably yeah. it's on on stadiums and and developing the club. But it is it, it gets to the point. And particularly for Ali as well. You can only keep doing that for so for so long. Um, you know, you want to, you want to push on as a club, and I'm sure Ali has that ambition to push Harps up the league.
0: Ali,
3: yeah, I mean this this has been you know we we discussed this when we got promoted many years ago you know, five or six years ago against Limbrick we 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 thought we could push on we last the year and the structure's changed where it went from twelve to ten and we got ready again without a playoff. We came up again answer against Limbrick and we, we, we hoped that we could push on and, and you know push up the table a a run or two to put it that way to you. And we felt this time last year that, that that we could achieve that but look off the pitch you have difficulties although we've made huge progress there and this there's, there's a bit of a drive in the last 12 months within the the board we look you know the likes of the new changing room that we've got there but you know we're crying out for a, a new facility which which obviously has been stalled for a whole lot of reasons and uh you know that the, the pitch took its fair share of criticism against Sean the motor work that was done by volunteers between last Sunday week and last night to get it playable and, and, and halfway decent for last night was a credit. And we do need help, we do need financial help to try and upgrade that part of it as well as many other parts on and off the pitch. But it's a serious league and it, it, it comes with a cost and we, we have struggled to, to, you know, to kick on, as Pat says, to go up a rung or two and, and not to be always looking over your shoulder which has always been the case up to now.
0: Well, realistically, what can happen with the stadium? I know we're living in extraordinary times, but this has been going on a long time, and um, you know, a few politicians maybe were tweeting congratulations and so forth. But um, this, this you know we had the John Delaney documentary in RT last night, and he, he presided over an era when maybe the League of Ireland was a bit neglected. But this, this, this club, for the potential it has, clearly badly needs a stadium, and is the will there for, to make it happen?
3: Certainly the Wood is there from within the club. We have a stadium committee, uh, Paul McLean, who's on the board. He's he's uh, basically dealing with that nearly full-time, if you like, and, and, and that's his sole role within, within the board. Um, there was a lot of getting to different stages with, with if you like, different governments, and nearly all is a stage 9 of 10 that, that it fell back. Uh, look, it's 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 crying out for, you know, Draga have made the same point, uh, you know, I saw Conor Hoy when they got promoted last week, he's made the same point of it that they're in the Premier Division, you know, we've been in it, now this will be our third year in a row, I feel like, for next year, and we, we, we need a facility and uh, we need help to get that facility, I'm not directly involved in that, obviously, neither is Paul Heardy, we'd be obviously at the football end of it, but it, it kind of goes in tandem, and... You know, we we need we need something to fall for us off the pitch, maybe as it did on the pitch last night.
0: Yeah, when you see as well, Pat. I mean, from your own position playing games in Windsor Park, and you know, you'd have to say the standard of the grounds in the Irish League in general are certainly ahead of, of uh, Finn Park at the moment, and um, it makes a hell of a difference for the experience and just for you know the the worth of the league.
1: Yeah, but I I think there's a bigger question here. It's not just Finn Harps, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's got to be, and I think there probably is a that they aren't lobbying around government to see how they can help the clubs off the pitch not talking about on it you know everybody's got to find a way with their budget and, and make sure they try it adhere to that which is difficult at times as well but i think off the pitch there's you know there has to be some sort of lobby tip them to say how can we develop the game you know you've got finn harps sitting up there in donegal on its own you know fantastic football club and i think you know the stadium's not just about building a brand new shiny stadium what i could do for finn harps is attract better players in into into the club as well and, and, and give the momentum with more supporters you know better facilities brings revenue as well so but I think right across the league like you said there is there is funding that goes hand in hand in, in, in the north of Ireland where, where grounds are developed on a regular basis and I think it's something we've got to look at um, and hopefully we spoke about this before we? We, we, the league of Ireland was put on the on the, on the front page um, on the under the last government so hopefully it stays there and there is a, a development plan we've seen that development plan hopefully for the element. we know in the situation we're in at the moment it's difficult for the government to be throwing money at football stadiums but there has to be a plan whether that's you know a short medium term plan if, if how we can develop these teams you look across the league you look at Dundalk you look at Finn Harps you know they, they need help they need development and um, you know, people might argue about Dundalk. They've got a, a, a plenty of money in, in relation to their owner, but you know, it's how we develop the league and 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 looking at you know games on TV. It's not good. It's not good when you see games. on I'm not trying to be overcritical. If you watch a game at Buffet, it doesn't it doesn't look good. And then you've got to go and watch a Premier League game after, and mm. you're thinking we're so far behind. But you know, that's where we need help. That's where the clubs need help off the pitch.
0: How how did you attract players? Um, Like, I was reading Ali cosford in an interview with him and he was saying how you met him. I think you met him maybe in Dublin Airport and whatever. And you obviously, you definitely win these players over in terms of your passion for the club. But it, it probably is a bit difficult bringing a guy like him to, you know, a place like Finn Park and saying, you know, play for me here. Well, the, 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 the likes
3: of Kos that you mentioned here, Cost was with Hibson in, in Edinburgh. Um, I met him over there and uh he he basically he, he had enough experience to try and break into the to the Hibbs first team and he, he, he came out alone initially and then with the cutbacks when, when when the lockdown happened, Hib's let him go. Um but, you know, he's he's got forever twenty Premier Division or eighteen and two cup games under his belt with us which will bring him on and he probably looks at it as an opportunity to try and get back to that level Mm. Uh, and and that's that's probably the attraction obviously it's not the financial side of it but he is playing in in the Premier Division of the league and and thank God we have that to offer again for another year it's really that attraction that's uh, given Youngfield as an opportunity to to either kick start their career, or in in one or two other cases, to you know to restart their career, if you like, it might be with, with one or two of the older lads that they came to us. But it is it is a, a very decent league, as you both very well know, and you know they they, they want to play in the highest level in in a country they can they can get, and 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 that's what fell for Carson and he did quite well for us, thankfully.
0: Was Barry McNamee? Your biggest sign in this season, in terms of the extra dynamism that he brought to the team, or um, am I wrong to single him out? I'd
3: say Barry be the first one to tell you you're wrong to single him out because that's the type of personality he is. And it certainly is never about Barry in any manner. Barry has huge quality without doubt, but like Barry rolled up his sleeves and 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 worked and worked as hard as 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 anyone around him. Of of you know maybe not as much ability as Barry has, and and that's why we stayed in it. He bought into it. Uh, but, but certainly, you know, I wouldn't single Barry out, and he'd be the last one that would want you to single him out. But of course, he was a huge addition. We we're delighted to, to, to get him. He'd worked with Paul Higgins in Derry before, which was, mm. you know, he knew Paul. His brother is with us. You know, we, we look, I know Barry also. Tony, his brother, is with us, who's a great bit of stuff as well. Yeah. And uh, look, it worked out well. Barry, Barry was injured for quite a while at the, at the restart in, in, in August. Which we we had a poor, poor run of the results when it restarted, and the fact that Barry wasn't there probably is testimony to him. But there was a hell of a lot more than Barry with us that, that, that got us over the line and just got us over the line by the skin of our teeth that they looked at that, the fifth minute of injury time last night, you know, with the with the ball taken off the line. But look, that's a little bit of luck we probably didn't have earlier on that we got last night.
0: You, you never played against Raf Kotaro, Pat, did you?
1: No, but I had Rafa, um I had Rafa bows, I signed him a bows. Um, and listen, I and mean, I think the important thing when you because know, I, I you know, when when we were allowed to watch to watch match I would have bumped into Ollie fairly regular and um I think the other thing is very noticeable if you look at you know, the staff and Ollie and, and Paul Hegarty, you know, they have massive experience among themselves as well. But I think when you're recruiting players, when you know you're going to be in a dogfight, that's important. They've mm. obviously got to be decent players to play, but you also have to have a character they're going to to address, you know, that's going to have to roll up its sleeve and be difficult. Yeah. To play against at times and having to scrap and fight for every point that's available, and they've done that, and thats not—that's not by luck. That's by good recruitment and, and making sure you know the players that you're bringing in, and and, and not just their quality, like I say, but their attitude and how they approach
3: the games. Yeah,
0: I, I only I only say that partly in jest because Raf is um, such a seasoned pro at this stage, Ollie, and I'm 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 minded of that goal he got against Cork when Cork looked like a win was going to really catapult them into a strong position to actually finish second last, and Raf Crotaro pops up with the goal and. You know, just the likes of him to be doing that at, at, at his age is quite inspirational as well
3: look Raph you know, I don't need to tell you well, certainly not Pat anything about Ralph. Um, you know, like obviously Pat had him at a younger age I, I tried to get him a number of years uh, at a younger age if you like but he's his quality on and off the pitch is is second to none he's a proper, proper professional he's a proper man um, and and you know the influence he has on the pitch as you can see even at his age but off the pitch is even more so and you know even even with the younger players around the club he's a brilliant example to them and uh look he's 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 a proper lad as you know Our only regret was that he he didn't come to us earlier and we'd have had a couple more years of raf but look he he's done well he's got some crucial goals for us uh he's he's Look, we've managed him as as best we could on the basis he can't play every minute of every game, obviously. But he's influenced every game where he's either started or he's come on and he he got a penalty against Pats last Wednesday week that that got us, if you like, into the position that we are in now. Mm. And... uh, Look, Raph. I, I don't think there's anyone that will
0: have a bad word to say about Raph. He's, he's a credit to himself and his family, and we're delighted to have him to put it that way. Too. Just, just Pat, if if um, before we finish up, um, is is there is there a real appreciation for what Hegerty and Horgan have done? You know, any Galway United game I am at, they seem to be at the game. The amount of travelling they do to go to games to, to to look at opposition and all that. But this, the, you know, do you get pigeonholed when you're with a team that's perennially struggling? Because Harps didn't play bad. For football this season and again arguably punched above their weight which they seem to do consistently. No absolutely it's like I said, you know, you, you get what
1: you deserve in football and you have you have to work really hard and like you said with with the two lads, you know, I see them the length and breadth of the country and you know and um, and I speak to Ollie probably regular enough in relation to players, you know, so I, I know the work to do. But when, when and I'm not being disrespectful to the Harris, when you're at a club like that, you've got to do that. You've got to be always on the lookout to seeking you pick up a diamond, seeking you pick up a raffle, You've got to sell them the club because Ollie can't throw money at them, you know, so it's about selling them what, what, what you're trying to do. And that's why I think the recruitment of, of players a club like in Harps is important in relation to the quality they have, but also what, they, what they're coming into. They're coming into a, you know, a, a difficult season. they now they're going to be in that position where they're going to have to, you know, scrap and roll up their sleeves. And I think it's important as well that you know you're going to have bad days as well, and and to help players react to that. And you know, don't get their heads in their boots. And rap is an ideal scenario for that in the dress. You know, win, lose or draw, he's the same type of bubbly character. So doesn't like to lose. But he, he doesn't let it affect him. You know. I think the other thing the Harps have got to be careful about. You know, there has to be other clubs looking around, and think. You know, Ollie and, and Eggsy have done a really good job there. You know, and that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's how how they can bring that forward now as a club, and um, hopefully they can. Please God, they can, because they've a lot to offer to gain. And you know, so but it, it's 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 a very very good achievement. I know it's a short season, and I'm sure what well, you know from from Ollie's point of view doesn't make it easier to retain the players for them? but it, it gives them a, a better chance in relation to being in the premier
0: division yeah what what what, what is your ambition Ali in the game because you know you, the two of you have been at harps um, and you've done an amazing job.
3: And I'm listening to the pet theory. I don't know if he's expecting me to buy him a pint or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, as, as, as I said and addressed about Barry McNamee earlier in the conversation, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's... Paul Higley or I, it's, it's it's a matter of, of probably going in and trying to do as well as you can and trying better wherever we are, obviously, in Finn in my case for the last seven years. Uh, it's nothing about us. It never will be. It never was. And, and, and you know, that type of way... Uh, Look, we, yeah, we were all up our sleeves. As as the other manager does, that's, you know, and it's just that it's, it's it's fallen our way. We could be if if we didn't see up and if, if if that last minute shot from Curtis Byrne had gone in last night, we'd be in a playoff, you know, against Langford. That would have been a very, very difficult ask. And we could have been relegated on Saturday and then I don't think Pest would be speaking as highly obvious <laughs> to put it that way it's, yeah, it's, I, think, I think that's it's more fair. margins, you know.
4: Yeah, but you got to look as well. You finish ahead of Cork City, you are you were a big, big club with a big budget as well, you
1: know. So I think you finish ahead of shells. You know, so it's all the course of the season, it's, you know, you get like you say, you got that little bit of luck last night that you probably deserved, so it's probably been
3: missing in some of the other games that you've had, so game. Yeah, for the yeah I, I think I think part of what you're saying is that to be fair to the players that come in, they enjoy it win, lose or draw and I uh, you know, I, I don't I don't think I don't think there's any pretense or there's any arrogance or there's any people getting about themselves and, 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 and the majority of, of young lads this these years they, they enjoy that and you know that that, that, that probably is, is an attraction as well as that like, look whatever we do, we do it straight up and get on with it. You know, and, 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 and Paul Paul in particular would be would be exactly the same that way. Look, today is a good day, as Pat said, you know, you had a lot of ups and downs and we had some bad days as well that that, that we got over with a game in Sligo about a month ago where I think I think there might have been twelve players that were for with three sevens off. I'm not even sure what had we twelve on the pitch. But anyway, <laughs> you know, we, we lost we lost we lost three one in that game and, and that was that was a bad night for us. But we got up and get on with it. And, and as Pat said, the likes of rough were crucial in that, and the likes of, 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 of uh, you know the likes of David Webster, Stephen Fallon that have mm. been here at both ends of the table, and they were they were very important additions to us. You know, for those days, especially the bad days.
0: I know, I know, it's a, a mad time and all that, but how confident are you? You can hold on to these players next season in general.
3: Look, we haven't even thought about it. Like, I mean, yeah. we were we were we were half planning, you know, for, for Longford at the weekend. Uh, and that's that's no disrespect to anyone or anything. You know, we we'll we all plan ahead, you know, regardless of the result. That's basically where we're at at the moment. We give them a day or two off after last night and, and, and we take them back in again and, and, and see where we're at for we play a Shermack Rogers in the cup the weekend after next and Look, at least we can go on and enjoy it while, while it's a, possibly a bridge too far for us with 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 Jammer with what the level they've gone To at least we can enjoy without the other uh, pressure of 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 having to stay in the division, which at least we got over the line last
0: Yeah, how did you celebrate Ollie? Finally, it's not um, it's not as if you go to what's the big bar across the road? Johnny Dunleavy's uncle, I think, has a bar across the road from the ground, hasn't he? But different times. <laughs> well this could have got the uncle to open it um, no, the, the,
3: obviously there was, there was that, that, that day is gone in these times but at that rate, look it was a midweek game a Monday night game where, where a lot of the lads were travelling and, and they had it back on to the families and, and, and that's, that was the like I mean you know we certainly didn't presume that results would go away last night and there was no bottles of champagne lined up anywhere if that makes sense of any manner and uh, it was very very low key and matter of fact and I suppose that's the way things have gone, anyway. Since the lockdown, but you know, we, we have in our back of the head uh, heads of, of preparing for Longford. and you know, thankfully, we don't have that headache because that itself would have brought on um, huge challenges for us had had we had we have to
0: play them. The Ali, thanks a million, congrats and I, I didn't even yeah, didn't even God mention that. that. Best of luck in the cup. God bless you. Oh, I, 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 nice. Thank you very much don't forget to visit lottoland.ie forward slash sportsbook and it's there you'll find all the odds and weekly special bets for the SC Tristy Premier Division and of course the European markets but it's international football this week and Ireland visiting Wembley to play England for the first time in so long and Lottoland has boosted the price of an Ireland victory from 7.8 to 9 so that's 8 to 1 for Ireland to win 90 minutes both teams to score meanwhile has been boosted from 2.01 even money to 6 to 4 that's 2.5 and Ireland to win in the handicap uh, the goal handicap so that's Ireland to win uh, in the goal handicap was 2.9 and that's now being boosted to 3.5 that's 5 to 2 visit the price booster section on lotoland.ie forward slash sportsbook Oli kind of reminds you a bit of Tommy Cooper because Tommy Cooper would come out to an audience and the place would just be in hysterics and Tommy used to say to the lad beside him haven't even said anything yet, and when you have an interview with Ollie Horgan, everyone expects oh, sure, You have the banter with Ollie; he's one of the characters of the game, and that's grand. And you know, you have the crack with him. But the 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 managerial achievement of these lads, and the, the the way that players play for them from different backgrounds—not all from Donegal, some lads coming from abroad, as you mentioned, Siddiqui. and this season as well. I don't know if you saw much of them, but they were playing a nicer brand of football than I suppose they've been kind of known for. And uh, I just I just can't praise them enough.
1: Now I'd agree with Joe. I think they the, the two boys have done a brilliant job, Ollie, particularly as a manager, and he's the one that's doing a lot of the work. But they they work very hard off the pitch and you know, and it doesn't it doesn't happen by chance. You've got to work hard when you're in their position and you're scrapping away and you need to, to entice players that you've got to do a hell of a lot of work around the country and, and further field to pick up players and that's what we've done really well.
0: Yeah, and I suppose your your point is particularly pertinent there because you can't just keep this cycle of, of 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 trying to survive going when there obviously is potential up there for something better.
1: No, absolutely, and it's 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 difficult because it has to you know, it has to take an effect at some stage that you're in that situation every season, you know, and you know it, it, it and listen, it's very difficult for Finn Harps as well because I know there's a lot of work. Um, getting done off the pitch In relation to maybe Potential new stadium But they need help You know you, you know, We're not mm. at, I don't think they need help On the pitch I think they've got brilliant uh, Manager and, and, and coaching And staff Around Or a facility that's that, that befits what they are You know And that's The next step for them Because if they don't It's just going to keep Continuous yo-yo up and down In the fourth division Back up And you know There is potential there you're not, you're not looking at a club Without any potential There is potential there For Finn Harps To attract decent attendances
0: um i suppose they are a team as well that would be fairly well suited by an all ireland league and that in their geographical location and um what's your i suppose what's your 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 leaves on that we've had many discussions on this and obviously i know you're you've been a a long time advocate mm. yeah listen i think i
1: think it's like everything it, it, you know it's, there's, there's probably work being done in the background and um you know I, i've i've been on record to say that air clubs position is probably not exactly the same as mine i think it's something that we should look at you know i think it you know, as people that are, are man- managing football clubs and, and, and governing football clubs and the league, you've got to you've got to find what's best and how do you make them better. And I think that's both sides of the border. You know, if, if something comes out of the talks that's been going on, that we can develop one league brilliant, if not, if that can develop both leagues as different entities, well, then well and good. But it's like I said before, talking doesn't work. You got you got to you know exhaust all the avenues to try and make it better because you know we're under no illusions that both leagues need help.
0: Um, absolutely Now Dan uh, Isn't on the show This week But he did send on His uh, appraisal Of the uh, 10 teams From the Premier Division Hard enough to disagree With this But uh, this is what Dan said
2: Alright Johnny I'm really sorry You're going to miss The, miss the joy of broadcasting With you this week um, But I'm sure you'll I got on just fine Without me With your guest list um, I just thought you know, I'd give a sort of A season review For each team Maybe it's a Discussion point With your with your guests um you can see if you agree with me or not. Uh, see what your review and it might be. Um we'll take the Premier Division from top to bottom as a discussion point. Chamack Rovers, what can you say, really? You know, best side in the league by a mile. We we we, we discussed it with Stephen Bradley. I'm not too sure about this whole uh I mean it's it is technically an unbeaten season, I don't think anyone can argue with it, but I don't think it's gonna be winning sort of widespread national acclaim um for sort of being an invincible team across the season. You you probably need more than eighteen games for that. Um but I think the measure of greatness for them would probably be a a first double. And I mean, why wouldn't they do that now really? Um I think you've got to be pretty confident that they would. The main opposition is probably Bohemians second brilliant season. Not really much more we can say on top of what we've said before, other than um you know, what, six years of Keith Long now? And Trevor Crawley there. Um, a lot of good players there. I mean, their challenge is going to keep hold of what they've got. Their challenge is to keep hold of what they've got because, um, you know, there's a there's a good coaching staff, management team and some really good young players. um, And they got a great chance in the Cup, Dundalk and 3rd war <laughs> Like, what to even say? I have to apologise to you, Johnny. I said I didn't see them losing to the Sliger Rovers. I have to say I didn't. Um, and to be honest what they're doing is they're actually performing very credibly in Europe and then their next league match is almost killing any good vibes from it um, and it's getting to the stage where really um, I think it's very problematic for the perception of the, the management team I mean for all that uh, the, there's an expectation that they would stay and that the chairman is, is speaking about them staying um, you, you know it's 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 you know you can't keep uh struggling like that uh, a very wise man who was who was who was watched the Sligo game in complete detail sligo Rovers game in complete detail just said they didn't know how to play through a low block at all at all um so i mean you know since our last show they've played rapid vienna they've really competed really well in the game but i suppose in a way, you know, like they have very good players, and I think they've had a good plan actually for those games as well. But there's probably, you know, Rapid were quite loose, whereas teams are obviously figuring out ways to play against Dundalk at home and said, can you play through them? And and they're struggling. So I don't know. That I mean, that Bowes quarterfinal now is is probably going to do more for the perception of that coaching staff than than any of the remaining European games. Um, so that's that's a big one for them and they've got a bit of time to come back and be fresh for it. But I don't know, I think they're the excuses are wearing a bit thin now. I think at this stage they're rotating a lot, but I mean like limping over the line to finish Europe, you know, finishing European spots but probably with the highest League of Ireland budgets of all time. Um it's nothing to celebrate. Um Steiger Rovers and that is something to celebrate, in fairness to them. Um when you consider that they were during the lockdown, we were talking about relegation Sligo like Rovers, and they did an incredible amount of fundraising fundraising. Um and then probably wound up a few people around the league by signing some good players. Um when when they were probably a club that um you know, they, they looked to be more bothered than most and yet they did come out with a very good squad. But like, in fairness, I think I think the fans probably knew that they were contributing for towards that as well too. Um as well as survival to you know to give them a squad to survive, but they've done more than that. Um it's very hard to see Derry City or Finn Harps or Athlone winning the cup, so you would think that that's Europe for them now. And um yeah, I mean Liam Buckley uh, probably you know, if there was a good night for the, the veteran managers last night. I think we can all probably all agree with that. Um fifth place, Waterford. I just feel a bit I feel a bit worried about what happens now at Waterford. I think there was a bit of discussions and momentum there about if they'd qualified for Europe, maybe would that be the you know, the impetus to have a proper discussion about what they might do? I think, you know, there's just players there, okay, another bit older, but like Brian Murphy and Daryl Murphy and, and you know, people who probably want to live in the area and want the club there, um, maybe thinking more so about Brian in that situation, who'll have offers from everywhere. But you get the sense that they'd love to stay local. Um but yeah i just i just fear a winter of of guessing games around Waterford now to be honest, and then um, uh like it's 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 sort of they they'll they'll sort of live to regret that late miss i think um in valley um six two do we have in sixth place pats do you know like pats against the dog pats against rovers um there is signs that there there's there's progression there just real inconsistency I don't know if I said it before almost reminds me to some degree of early Rovers under Stephen Bradley in that there would be very good performances in individual games I think yeah they have this they have a plan and then look wildly inconsistent and, and sort of erratic and you know concealing ultimately you know those, those goals they conceded early in Pats really really caused problems for them but I don't know does Europe impact on their budget for next season or not um, they have the nucleus of a good squad some and they're learning on the job, but I suppose like you know, they probably had higher expectations to be honest. Um so, um it's a bit of a weird, weird limbo for them, and I suppose it depends what way again they're very reliant on Garrett Kelleher and where he wants to go with it. Um, but I mean you look at them competing against rovers in particular, you're thinking, yeah, there's something going on here, but um, like everyone else, they, they still don't have a goal scorer. And it's a sort of a chronic lack of goals outside the, the top clubs. Um Derry City <sighs> Bit of a just a, I mean the the cup can maybe give some structure to their season, but disappointing in Lithuania. Um, they've rotated, you know, they've they've shopped outside. They almost had two different squads from one one window to the next. um But um they've just sort of sort of drifting along in a way. And and Philippa Daugherty did say at the start of the season he was pushing out their budget, and they will demand more than needing to stay up in the last day albeit in very weird circumstances Um, again some good players there but they've probably gone back rather than forward um, this year I think Um, and that's that's obviously a tough one for them Sake Finn Harps what can you say the story of the night really Um, like Oli Horgan as we've said mentally prepared for this playoff since January Um, but they just like it takes sort of a serious bottle and character to just to to show up when you need to show up, you know, at key games every year. And It's not just bottle and character actually; that's actually cliched. It takes organisation and a game plan as well too. That if, you know, for these big games, they generally get it right. And like even how they started the game against Waterford, they just started it a really good, um, just at a tempo and in a way that they just didn't let Waterford settle into it. They rode the look at, a, at times with chances that were missed. But like they got the lead, like they earned the lead, and then it was up to Waterford to be good enough to to break them down. And some some really good individual performances. You know, Webster was good. It was, this was the game I watched the most of. You know, Webster was good. Mark Russell was excellent. Just even his ball carrying at times was brilliant for them. McNamee's experience. As I said the keeper had one difficult moment at the end, but generally he's a very strong keeper. Um. And I'm delighted for them. Like, I posted the picture up afterwards at a stadium. I was up there in August. Like, Harps will never get out of this cycle of trying to survive every year until something happens off the pitch. I saw some, like, politicians posting their congratulations, but they probably need to do a bit more for them now because they will never get out of where they are at the moment. Um, they'll always be at this every year until they do something bigger. And I know Kevin McHugh are people and they're trying to develop the underage section, but, like... It just needs a, the club needs a home and you need to capitalise on this goodwill to get there. Shells, I mean, I don't know. Um, You might talk to, like, in the week, you sort of, you know, Joe Casey is stepping away and, you know, Pat, you know, Pat Fenland there will know all about Joe Casey and what he means to Shells and it almost felt like Shells this year were being reborn and, it must be a weird one for our fans that, like, post-pandemic, they're out of the grounds. you we be the buzz and talk at the start of the season and their away games, and all of a sudden now, they're just watching from afar, almost powerless, as they slide into this playoff situation. And while I still fancy them to beat Longford, like, they're they're sort of trending downwards and, and just don't seem to be a very happy camp. I know it's easy to say that when a team isn't going well, but just just doesn't all look great and compare that to sort of the unity of that Longford team who were, fortunately, Johnny, for you, far better than Galway last week. Um, like, they're still going to have to cause a shock against Shells, but you definitely, you'd see if, if Longford had I was, approached the Shells game with as structured a game plan as they did, I thought they they had a good discipline about them in the Galway match, whereas Galway were a bit sort of aimless at, at times. Um yeah, that 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 game could go to the wire. I you know, still probably fancy shells, but yeah. And then Cork, yeah. Well, we've we've done the Cork postmortem before. Um, just see where the club goes from here. It's really it's it's uh you 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 just hope that um just hope that that there's brighter days ahead. It's a sort of an obvious thing to say, but it's it's obviously going to be a it's going to be a a soul searching off season then there. Um, and we'll see who gets a crack, what way they want to go with it. Um, this was a bit of performance against Darien a bit of performances under Colin Healy but does he want to be out front and doing the job I suppose we'll find out more about that uh, in the weeks to come but there we go that's a long winded review of the season a few discussion points for you and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon I look forward to hearing the rest of the show
0: don't forget to visit lotoland.ie forward slash sportsbook and it's there you'll find all the odds and weekly special bets for the SCR Tristy Premier Division and of course the European markets but it's international football this week and Ireland visiting Wembley to play England for the first time in so long and Lottoland has boosted the price of an Ireland victory from 7.8 to 9 so that's 8 to 1 for Ireland to win in 90 minutes both teams to score meanwhile has been boosted from 2.01 even money to 6 to 4 that's 2.5 and Ireland to win in the handicap uh, the goal handicap so that's Ireland to win uh, in the goal handicap was 2.9 and that's now being boosted to 3.5 that's 5 to 2 visit the price booster section on lotoland.ie forward slash sportsbook the obvious place to start Pat is Shamrock Um I've been watching the League of Ireland since I don't know the mid 90s um, I've no, no, no qualms whatsoever in saying this is as good a team if not if not as certainly up there with the best League of Ireland uh, champions I've seen in terms of quality, I watched the game against Shells last night. They absolutely battered them, and as you mentioned, for a team that one team had relegation on the line, the other team had nothing to play for except this unbeaten record. Um, I think they've been absolutely fantastic. I think they've performed well in Europe. They have that star quality of Jack Byrne, but they've they've an unbelievably good defensive record as well. Um, what have you met of your old club?
1: Yeah, they've been very good, like you say, from from start to finish. They've been relentless and. I think the cup win last year gave them huge hunger. I think when you're involved in clubs and teams, when you win something, that that bond that you get after that, that, you know, two or three days of celebration, that that drives people on and they want more of it and Robbers have shown that hunger, you know, to have more success. Unfortunately, they may not have that celebration this year, but no, they've been different class. I think, listen, it's it's been a difficult season for everybody, but they've just been relentless in the pursuit of winning the league and they've just swatted everybody away very, very easily, Like you say, I think, you know, they're, they're very, very solid defensively. You know, they've gotten a lot of attacking flair in the team, but with the trade the back it allows, and obviously a very, very good goalkeeper, it allows the players in front of them maybe one hole in the midfielder and it gives the expression for the rest of the players to go and win the game for them. I think that's where the difference with Rovers is there's not loads of great goal scorers in the league at the moment Rovers Mm. have found a different way of playing you know that is not totally relying on a goal scorer to get you 15-20 goals in a normal season they've got goals from all over the the pitch um, from midfield areas you know wide areas offset pieces so they've been different class
0: Well they're three of the top five six scorers in the league effectively which is is so much cheap but just just with Jack Byrne that goal he got last night and and you, you know, I was thinking of this the other day. We talk about the, you know, the lack of strikers in the league. Jack Byrne one-on-one or Jack Byrne in front of goal could actually be the best in the league um, in terms of just finishing chances. And how reliant on him are they? And if he moves on, can they replace him? We see, obviously, Dylan Watts has come in and he's played very well this season. He's a smashing player, I think. And maybe Danny Mandrews is, is a potential signing. But if Jack goes, can they can they still kick on?
1: Yeah I think so I think uh, you know Jack's obviously had a brilliant season I think the, the one thing he's probably added to his game this year is that goals that finishing I think they have a really really good finisher in Graham, book, to be honest I think Graham's capable of mm-hmm. scoring goals and maybe if Jack Mills on it may make him more of a central player in that in that system and I think he's more than capable of if they can hang on to him of, of carrying them through and like you say, Dylan Watts is a very, very good player. You know, I'm not sure what he's capable of getting as many goals as maybe Jack is, but mm. you know, I think I think it'll be difficult, obviously, for Rovers to hang on to Jack unless he sees as I'm very happy. I'm in a good position. Obviously, the contract offer will be very, very good. So he has a big dilemma ahead of him. But I think they've got enough for him. And I think you know, Graham Bulk for me is is a really, really good finisher. You know, and and again, I'm sure Rovers will be looking around to see if Jack Bourne goes, who they can take in to, to try replacing, replace him, which would be difficult, obviously.
0: Uh, Finally, are they on the cusp of dominance now in terms of? I mean, you probably we probably said this in twenty eleven that Ah Sherovs are going to dominate. They didn't win the league until this year, um, but is it hard to see anyone challenging them?
1: I think the gap is huge. To be honest with you, I think I think the gap is is massive now. I think it really is. You know, I think. If you look outside, I think bows, bows have been absolutely fantastic. You look what Dundalk and Rovers are spending as clubs, they they are so far ahead and I think rovers will grow. There's no doubt about that. They've got the structures in place to to, to grow. I think they've got obviously financially a backer that is, uh, is is crucial to what they're trying to do as well, you know. Um I think bows have, have done well to, to to sort of hang on to their coattails this season for as long as possible. Um but I think there there will be a period of dominance, you know, from rovers. You know, it's difficult to do that. I think if you go back to the great Rovers team that I, that I watched in the 80s, you know, that dominance was there from them as well, you know, to win doubles galore and league titles. And, you know, it's it's very difficult to keep down that, you know, and that's why Dundalk should get the credit that is there over a period of time as well, because it's that hunger, it's that little bit of spark, you know, that, that can drop off once you get used to winning things. But again, that's down to management and how, how Stephen manages that over a period of time.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned that Rovers team. I mean, the, even the evolution of the game in the League of Ireland since your sort of shells team that went toe-to-toe with Deportivo and so on. But like, I suppose from your perspective, and this is kind of a stupid, empty question, but how good is this Shamrock Rovers team versus that Shamrock Rovers team of, of that generation, the, the shells team that you managed, the shells team that you played for, maybe the Dundalk team at 2016, the Cork team at 2017? Yeah, I think it's difficult
1: to compare. I, I don't think there's <clears throat> there's been a team as good as that Rovers team in the eighties yet. Yeah, that's that's just my opinion, you know, and I'd include any of the teams I probably managed them myself or played in and you know, including the the, the brilliant Dundalk team that Stephen had, you know, I just think that Rovers team was 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 special, you know, you know, they're a fantastic group of players. Um but listen, Rovers are in a great position at the moment and I'm sure they'll want to 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 try and get that double, you know, because the great Rovers teams are remembered as the ones that win leagues and cups you know, because they are such a, a successful football club. So they're in a really good position. You know, it's how you how you you I suppose with Dundalk struggling at the moment, you know, they would have seen them as their biggest rivals. Bows, like I said, have done well to get close to them. So they'll see a chance for themselves to, to be dominant for a period of time, yeah.
0: Okay, let's briefly talk about Bowes. And um, you know, I think holding on to Danny Grant, by all accounts, is going to be difficult for them. Um, but this is the thing about Bowes: Chris Twardek went, but they they brought in Promise Cherry, who's I think has done really well. Dawson Devoy looks like a cracking prospect. Obviously, Evan Ferguson has been playing a bit as well, and no doubt he'll be going to England. Um, but I, I don't know what can you say about Long and Crawley as well. And you know the fact that they they comfortably, comfortably, comfortably finish second.
1: Oh okay. I mean, like you say, they've done a fantastic job. I'm not sure nearly there five or six years maybe at the moment. But they they've done some job at the club, you know, they've and off the club off the pitch as well, the club has has, has grown and, and prospered really well. So in general they've done a really good job, Bose, I think they'd have been they'd have been more than happy to split rowers and unlock this season. <laughs> um definitely. And you know, I wasn't critical and there, I just think they would look at it and think, right, how do how do we improve? I think that the key for them is you know, they've lost players over a period of time since, since uh, Keith's been there, but they've replaced and They've had that conveyor belt of players that have gone away from Kevins and come back and obviously have a growth to play for Bowes as well. But the link with Kevins, it's, it's whether yeah. that can continue and how they hold on to their better players. I think what they've done over the last probably 12, 16 months is they've signed a lot of the younger players on longer contracts, which they weren't able to do previously. And I think that's the key to you know having some resources there now is that they don't lose players on the cheap and they don't lose players to their rivals you know that they're able to give them you know longer contracts because when it started for a they would have been one year contracts and someone done well and the big clubs have been in and taken them so I think that's something that they they will manage going forward but how do you better that season mm. <laughs> you know they're, they're, mm. they're, they're still in the cup can they get to a cup final you know that would if they got to a you know finish second and to win a cup would be some achievement for them you know and how ironic would it be if it was a Bowes Robbers final and an empty tally <laughs>
0: That's a, that's a, yeah, I think like uh, the, the vaccine, you know, one of the, the, the most compelling reasons to bring the vaccine would be to so that we can actually have a full Aviva Stadium for Bows and Rovers in a cup final or something like that. That would be dependent on Bows beating Dundalk in the quarterfinal now past. I, I, I honestly think this is one of the most baffling, um, you know, situations ever in, in the League of Ireland. Dundalk mm. finished with a goal difference of plus two plus two this season a team mm. that was favoured to win the league what have you made of it um, and unfortunately we don't have three days to go through this but it's been a crazy season
1: it has yeah it's been very very unusual it's it's um, when you look at the quality they have and you see some of the performance you watch the game against Rapid Vienna, and you see how well they play you know and then and then Obviously, last night, then they go up against slowly home and, and get turned over and could have potentially caused themselves a serious problem with that result and, you know, results went elsewhere, elsewhere went for them. So, um, it's been a really poor season for Dundalk. There's no other way to explain it. And then you say that and you think, well, they're actually in the group stages of the Europa League. So, like you say, it is it is peculiar. But when you look at the, you look at Rovers have won 15 games from 18, Dundalk have won seven. You know, and that that for me shows that the gulf in class between both sides at the moment. They've just lost their way for whatever reason, Dundalk. Like I said, it's very difficult to keep that hunger up and keep driving on. You know, some of the players are getting probably to to to, the, to not to the end of their careers, but getting older and, and, and getting hard to, to have that motivation. So it's a big it's a big off season for Dundalk coming up. If they can salvage something by even nicking a point in that Europa League, which is going to be very difficult, and getting to the cup final and maybe maybe uh, nicking that as well, but then they'll salvage something from it. I don't see them beating Bows at the moment in current form. It's it's a poor season in, in league form for them. They've been really really disappointing. There's no doubt
0: about that. Just just quote James Rogers' recent article here where he says, By my reckoning, Gary Rogers, Aaron McCary, Sean Gannon, Cameron Dummigan, Brian Gartland, Sean Hoare, Jordan Flores, Michael Duffy, John Mountney, Dane Massey, Sean Murray, Nathan Adua, Daniel Kelly, David McMillian, Lido Latifah, Josh Gat, and the on-loan Georgie Kelly and Tanner Dogan are all out of contract next month. Now you have to be as your Linfield with your Linfield hat on, you're thinking, you're kind of your hands are rubbing against each other and you're thinking, Who can I bring up to the super blues? <laughs>
1: Yeah, listen, probably most of them are outside of their, their category, to be honest, in, in relation to salaries. But, you know, the, and that's the dilemma for Dundalk, isn't it? Because mm. it's always saying we've got a lot of players out contracting and change it. Where do you get the players from? You know, what's going to make them better? Where are they going to take players from to make them, you know, get better and challenge Robbers? They've got some really good players. You know, the decision, the first decision they've got to make is, is, is the manager staying. You know, because if he's staying, then he's got to be given time to try build. You know, or does he have the contacts? Because it's going to be difficult for him here to attract, You know, to, to, to know the league and the players. He's only here a short period of time. Does he have the contacts to bring them in from outside? You know, so it's, it is a difficult situation for Dundalk. I still think they've got a nucleus of a really really good squad. You know, it's whether it's whether someone can. You know, if if, if he's a manager to get them going, well then probably over the next. And I think that the Cook game is going to be a big game for for Dundalk. You know, um. Because the European games they perform, well. but when you got a squad like Dundalk, you should be able to rotate your squad and win games at home, um, against Liga Rovers. So it's 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 a big off season coming up for Dundalk, a really big off season because if they get it wrong, you know they get they they, they they're going to find themselves. They are a long way behind Rovers at the moment. But they're going to find themselves further.
0: Well, just just finally on that, this job isn't necessarily as attractive as it might be because, with all due respect to the regime that's running the club, um. It, it must be a bit of a concern for a manager to think well look at what happened to Vinny and you know if I go in there what will happen to me yeah but
1: I think as a manager you can't you know you you got, got to weigh that up when you're taking a mm. job okay but you've got to then look at it you know if you're looking as a young manager and you're saying well, someone's going to hand me that squad that Dundalk have can I make a fist? absolutely Manager thinking yeah I want to get a crack at that and I can make them you know like I said they've got some real real talent within the group and um, there's obviously changes in it and that happens at every football club and every team you know so again but there's a manager in charge and it's probably unfair on him you know would he gets to the end of the season if they were to win the cup um, and obviously they qualify for Europe I'm sure I'm sure they will look at, at that and, and, and maybe think he's the man for the job if they don't well then they may look around to change but again Change is not always the best when you see what's what's going on at Cork City as well at the moment. So, um, it is difficult. It, it really is a difficult situation for Dundalk at the moment, and how they come out is between now and the start of next season is going to be huge.
0: And Cork City was one of the things I spoke about with Gary Buckley earlier. We uh, we, we 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 tried to get Lee Buckley on, but uh, we we had to get Gary Buckley instead. But what a season for Sligo Rovers! And uh, here's Gary. Gary, good morning. How are you? Good, Johnny. How are you? You look like you're ready for training. No, I'm not ready, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I was just saying the, to, you know, the, the the fact that after I was the last game I saw of you lads was against uh, Shells and it looked like Tallentons' purposes. That was the end of that. Very deflating, sort of that. You know, you had this run that could have brought you into Europe. Shells were celebrating, and Shells have ended up finishing actually in the playoffs, and Sligo Rovers are finishing fourth, and now you've a massive chance of getting into Europe. How could you sum it up?
5: I suppose that kinda of sums up the league. I suppose you, you get a result or two. Even even a draw probably isn't a good result in the league this season because a point kind of does nothing for you. Whereas three points now is absolutely massive more than another season. So uh yeah, that kinda of sums up the league. But I suppose after that Shells game we, we were defeated. It was the restroom was, was quiet and uh was a good performance in Shells. You could see Shells even maybe kicking on and going to Europe as well. So it was that kind of a season. But we just took it every game as it comes, it's no cliche, but it's, it's so true, Like you can't be looking forward down the line to home games or hard away games like Dundalk last night, like, no one would have given us a chance last night, but the same three points as anywhere else, and that's just the way we approached it, because after the break, we've been unbelievable, I'd say, if the, if the season started after the lockdown, we'd probably be top three, Like so mm.
0: it's a mad season. Just for yourself, what brought you to Sligo? Um, you'd been obviously a fixture at Cork City and um, was it was it a sort of a Liam Buckley thing or was it the club or was it just that you wanted to be back with Johnny Dunleavy? It wasn't that, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it,
5: was, it, was, it was a bit of everything, really. I uh, spoke to Liam a few times at the end of the season last year. Uh, obviously, played in Sligo loads of times and it's kind of similar to Cork in a way. Like you're a kind of community club or fan base, hardcore fans, so... Uh yeah, just I suppose I was speaking to a few people at the time, and I thought Sligo was the best decision for me. And I kind of I thought Cork ran its course for me. Mm. After I didn't enjoy it, obviously. Jeez, oh, we had great years there. Um, I suppose just I thought I kind of went sail at the end, and I kind of wanted something new, get out of my comfort zone, get out of Cork, my hometown, and I thought. So I was fair enough to go from Cork. So
2: yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. The I suppose you people would recognise you as a midfielder. Um did you feel a Cork that maybe you, you, the system didn't suit you to an extent? Because I suppose midfield was bypassed a lot, and you obviously are you have a lot of quality on the ball. Uh
5: yeah, I suppose. But um, I I think centre High was probably my most natural position. People probably wouldn't have seen me there that mm. often because of when John came in. I was pre season for John's first year and scored a couple of goals and I just ended up staying there in the uh, attacking position and obviously I always had an act of scoring goals. So I always just played there for John. And so I think Centre half is my most natural position. Um
0: But when you went to Sligo then were you thinking I'm gonna end up playing with John Mann center back in the last game of the season in Dundalk or are you thinking uh, about the midfield?
5: To be honest, no. Uh, I thought I was gonna be one of the three midfielders, so Obviously, there was an injury at the start of the season. I can't remember who it was. And Will Seymour ended up playing back there. Uh, and then the next game, I think he said to me, if we got injured again. I think it was, I don't know, a Shabbat Grover's game at home. Mm. We lost two. Uh, someone got a team who got injured and I played back. I played the second half back there. Did okay, like, so. And obviously lockdown happened, but there were still a few injuries at the start of lockdown and we played there again, so. Yeah, it's it's not really new to me, I suppose. just getting used to... Uh, the reading of the game is a bit different centre-half than it is to uh, midfield. If you make a mistake, it's more highlighted. But no, it's nothing, it's nothing new to me, really.
0: The only um, the only black mark I can think of watching you this season, as is probably one of the best goals you see in the League of Ireland, was losing Graham Burke for that goal in Tala. And that was yeah. like, that's the standard you're playing at. Because if you're playing centre-back, a ball like that, what can you do?
5: I say I've watched it about a thousand times since it's happened. I actually... Because in any person in that situation where Graham Brook is it's not really going to play a pass like that, like a whip, a whip mm. so far out. It's going to be a clip over the top. And I've actually watched it back so many times. And I probably was the deepest man as well. He <laughs> still found it over my head. And to be fair, the ball was unbelievable. But Burke's first touch was...
0: Sensational.
5: Different gravy as well. Like So that, he didn't need a touch after I He just finished it then. So, yeah, but that's the calibre of players we're playing against. And they've won the league, unbeaten in the league. Not many teams go to Tala. And... And do well, so I thought we did okay in the game as well. But obviously, conceding goals is not great. I suppose that was the only black mark on on uh, my defensive role so far.
0: What about last night? Uh, by all accounts, yourself and John Mahan were excellent, and um, I think it's a great story. Some people have benefited from lockdown, the likes of him and Sean Cavanaugh, mm-hmm. maybe Greg Bulger to Lesser extent, But lads who are long term injured are coming back now, and um, just the two of you seem to get on well last night. Yeah,
5: we get on really well, even off the pitch as well. We're gotten really close the last couple of months and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'd say lockdown was tough for him, even because like he couldn't even get rehab on his on his legs, so it kind of set him back another couple of months as well. But he's a strong mental character, I suppose, and he's he's strong physically anyway, so he didn't really need much to get back up to speed. And yeah, I suppose the game last night. Uh, I just set him for a game. Listen, our job is a clean sheet. If we don't score, we don't score. Once we get a clean sheet, obviously we need to win to get have a chance of Europe. But our job is not to concede, so. I suppose that's what we did last night, we know the Dock won't have a lot of the ball, the quality of players and, uh, broke well a good few times, but saying that I think we probably had more chances than them in the game, so mm. I think we are full value for our three points.
0: You seem to be a very together squad, like a bunch of lads that just get on well, Sligo is a small town in the west of Ireland, I suppose it's hard enough to escape each other, but uh, what's this journey been like for you?
5: yeah I suppose the season has been has been bad I suppose they're looking for a fresh start. and then after two months this lockdown happens and you're you're waiting to get a word to come back up and then drive back up and back down and moving everything out of the apartment and then moving everything back in it's, it's been mad I suppose I suppose that lockdown probably helped us in a way because we lost our first four games and then you're for the whole three or four months of lockdown I'm probably clicking onto the league table every day going jeez I need to go for a run because <laughs> buffer run 'cause that bottom of the, bottom of the table like, zero points is killing me. Like that, that was motivation itself every single day. So uh yeah, since then the boys have been unbelievable. geez every single one of them. It's not just eleven, twelve, thirteen players. It's been it's been over twenty players that have probably played for the, the club this year and everybody's played their part.
0: Um, what's Buckley been like to, to play under he's you know one of the as we mentioned one of the veteran managers in the league he left Pats maybe got a bit stale there like he got for Caulfield the Cork but he's come in to Sligo you've played a nice brand of football and somehow you finish in the in the top four after all of that
5: yeah I suppose that kind of that kind of sums him up really we were probably bottom of the table coming into the lockdown zero points and there wasn't I wouldn't say not a care in the world but there was kind of like shackles off he gives you that kind of freedom to play don't be afraid to make mistakes, and I think think that helped us. And in any other even after the
0: four defeats, like
5: yeah, yeah, going back into lockdown, like he didn't seem phased or like he didn't seem like he was under pressure. He just that's his kind of character, and that kind of rubs off on the players as well. Mm. You know, so we're going into games with no, no, uh no. Obviously, there is pressure because you're bottom of the table, but that rubs off on the players and us, and obviously that helped going forward because we we won a lot of games after that.
0: Yeah, and the fact that you know Derry City in the cup is it must be some carrot as well at the moment, um, and that's something you, you. I know, I know you've probably celebrated a bit last night, but it's a lot to play for yet.
5: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tricky game because people are probably thinking like we've beaten them twice in the league already that it's 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 going to be it's going to be automatic win, but it doesn't work like that. Like so I said, Derry are probably looking at it, thinking it's going to be could be a chance for them as well to get to the semi-finals. So. Yeah, it's, it's a good opportunity for us, but we can't approach it like, oh, we beat them already, we can't, we'll, we'll easily beat them again, so it's, it's, it's a 50-50 game, if you ask me.
0: And it, I'm not trying to write off Harps or Derry City or at Town, but just in case you, you do get into Europe next season, like it's, in terms of the, the long winter ahead and you know we have a long off-season in this country, what a, what, a, what a thing to look forward to for this team, because you get the impression this LIGO team could actually do quite well in Europe.
5: Yeah, I think Europe are absolutely suited down to the ground, uh, especially the way Liam likes to play play off in the back and boys up top like they're, they're one or two touches. So, yeah, I suppose we're not really there yet, nearly there. But uh, when that comes, we'll uh, we'll celebrate that. But obviously, there's permutations to that with the cup and all that. So, uh, yeah, perhaps have to play Rovers. we will probably we're probably if we beat Derry, uh, we will play the winner of that. <laughs> We're probably looking. We probably before last night. We we're probably looking at going. Oh, hope with win so we beat play them. But obviously, we won Shamrock Rovers or Dundalk or boys or us to win the cup. So it's a it's a weird one, but it's a good session, a good uh, situation to be in as a player.
0: And just finally, I know you've left the club, but you must have lots of regret about Cork City getting relegated. You know, obviously Colin Healy and a lot of the characters involved there.
5: Yeah, it's uh, wasn't nice. Obviously, we played them uh, two weeks ago, and that that defeat kind of cemented their relegation. Yeah, to be honest, it was nice. Even when Ronan Coughlin's uh, penalty went in that we beat him 2-1, it was a weird feeling for me. Uh, It didn't feel like it was a winner for Sligo. Obviously, I was happy
0: because,
5: obviously, what matters most is yourself. You've got to look after yourself. Uh, But, obviously, been at the club and as a fan for the club for so long and always will be a fan, that it wasn't nice. but Colin Healy, he's a great football man uh, I have no doubt if he gets the job with himself in his back and talk, Richie and John Connor there as well that I have no doubt that he he has the ability to get that club back to where it belongs
0: Gary uh, thanks a million for coming on at short notice and um, congratulations on finishing fourth whatever that entails and best of luck against Derry in the Cup as well no worries thanks Johnny thanks uh, Pap, we we had a, had a bit of a laugh uh, last week about it was all about the young managers in the in the in the league and I think I I, I included Keith Long in that and Keith Long is is in well into his mid forties at this stage but uh, as Dan referenced this was like a good night for the veteran managers so called in the league and Liam Buckley is certainly one of them and. I have to say I'm absolutely delighted for Sligo Rovers the way that club is run and while it's not taking it for granted that they're in the into Europe at this stage this is a team remember that lost its first four games and uh, I remember talking to Rory Houston the you know their PRO earlier in the season before the season started and he said we're targeting Europe this season and it seemed very ambitious but they've they've probably managed it and uh, you, you know Liam Buckley well obviously yourself
1: yeah obviously and like you said they had a horrendous start to the season and. If there was ever a club that that did well out of COVID nineteen, it's probably Sligo because it came at the right time for them. And, and I'm so sure, some of the other clubs down the other end of the table be disappointed. You know, they 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 did well when they came back, and they've been on a brilliant run. Um, you know, you still look at you know they they scored nineteen goals, I think, in the league this year. Is it? They lost you know, nine
0: games past. They nine games. After games
1: the they yeah. lost. They lost the same amount of games of Shelburne who found found themselves in the playoff. You know, mm. to stay in the league. So. I'm saying it's a funny league But again They won eight games And that's the key isn't it That, mm. that they You know There's only Bosnian and Dark have won More games on them And, and that's the key to it that They only drew one But they won eight Lost nine They've only scored 19 goals So to get to Europe On the back of that is And I'm sure Liam When he came back from The break Was looking at it And thinking right, Help me climb the table But I think Most of them close from fourth Down to even To ninth Would have thought You know We're either going to be In a relegation Battle or we're going to be in a European battle. I think there's very little between the clubs in that in that, that, that category, and I think that's proven over the course of the season. When you look at shells, who are in the playoff, are only you know six points behind or who are in who are in the Europe, you know potentially in Europe. You know, if they had if they had a struggle and been down, you know, there'd been talk again. You know, Sligo hasn't been a good season, but now they're potentially they're going to be in Europe. It gives them a little bit of breathing space to try build a, a, build a squad again. But like you say, Sligo is one of the clubs that that is a proper League of world football club. You know, the stadium is 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 continuously developing, and I hope they mm. continue to do that. You know, the training facilities are really good, great football support, real support. When you look at what they did, they get behind their team, and COVID 19 came in. it just showed you the the type of people they're talking about that follow Sligo.
0: Yeah, like you, you know, we, we often bemoan the fact that you know there aren't as many people into the League of Ireland in Ireland as there should be. But you look at towns like Sligo and Dundalk, where pound for pound, they're as well supported nearly as any team you'll get in England because of the population. Um, but uh, I don't know if you mentioned Patrick. You obviously, had your connections with Watford as well, mm-hmm. another of the clubs. And uh, we're just talking about such fine margins here. You know, you'll say, "Oh, Watford—they've had an okay season. They were very close." And watching watching back that Harps game last night, the chance that they had uh, in the in the last minute that would have sent Harps down but they, they they were so close
1: Yeah and if you look if they had a wonder game they, they could have automatically qualified for Europe so it's it's. listen Waterford is a funny one because I think for, for where they finished I think they've done quite well because in the start of the season they were in a lot of turmoil players came in late so didn't hit the ground running as such, you know. So but then if you take into the context they've been up around that end of the table talking about Europe and then you throw in on, on top of what happened to them a few years ago in relation to qualifying for Europe and missing out because of the regulations, it will feel like a, a bad season for them. But I think in general, if if they'd have finished, you know, in fifth place, I think most people would have thought that was a, a decent season for, for Waterford. You know, and it's it, it again, it's it's what happens next, isn't it, for Waterford, it's 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 a bit like you know, if, if they had it about Europe, I'm sure Lee probably would have looked at it and thought, you know, we're in Europe, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe stick around and give it another go. Is that something he's going to do for, for next season? And so so it's a big off season as well. As for Dundalk, it's going to be a big off season for Watford as well. And what a club, again, a bit like Sligo, fantastic setup. Mm. You no know, facilities really, really good. You know, big support when they're going well, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, it's one of the clubs, obviously, that we want in the Premier Division. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that Lee stays around and, and gives them the backing they deserve.
0: Knowing him as you know him, do you think he will?
1: Um, I don't know. I know he was really disappointed how he was how he was, they were dealt with over the European mm. uh, saga. Um, and I think last night would be you know he would have looked at I do obviously looking at the games and thinking Dundalk are getting beaten if we can nick a win in in fay you know they'd be on twenty seven points and sitting ahead of them, you know, so they'll they'll be really disappointed. I know. Like I said, but I'm looking at it from a footballer's perspective. To finish where they did, I think, is not bad on the back of where they were at the start of the season, and and trying to get players in late, late doors as well. So, again, another team with with goalscoring problems. Seventeen goals scored this season, so it's um it seems to be you know outside of the top team, probably a recording uh, coincidence, I suppose that there's there's not many goalscorers winning the league at the moment.
0: Which brings us on to St. Pat's, and they finished sixth. Yeah,
1: I think it's a disappointing season for Pat's, um, but there's no other way of dressing up. Stevie's young manager has gone in there, and obviously he needs a bit of time. And I'm hoping Rovers look, or Pat's look at what Rovers and give Stephen Bradley time to develop, and mm. um, you know to, to 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 help the manager along again. Can't score goals, Pat's, and you know the, particularly their home form was, was disappointing as well. Uh, it's just lost something, Pat's, at the moment as a club for me. Um you know I'll go back to the days when I was playing with. With a good shells team and a great Pats team, going to Inchicore was a nightmare. You know, it was a difficult place to go under Pat Dolan, and you knew you were going. To, you know, at the moment, I get the impression that people like going to Inchicore, pitch is lovely and playing nice football, and you can get about them and make it difficult for them. So just. Just something missing at the moment, and, like I said, you know Stevie hopefully'll get the time to try to develop that and I think the one thing that Pats are blessed with is to have a backer like Gareth Kelleher because without him, they'd be in serious trouble, and he he deserves a huge credit because we're talking about clubs and investing in clubs, and he's done that you know over a long period of time with St Patrick's,
0: which brings us on to Derry City, who obviously have are in a very very similar situation with Doherty putting money in um I think to be, like, apart from Dundalk, I think Derry have been the disappointment of the season, Pat. 20 points from 18 games. Uh, I've watched them a few times. I actually think they have a lot of quality, a lot of good players. Um, Hasn't worked out for them. And maybe the chat now is to try and bring back the likes of Lafferty to, to Derry next season. Maybe Michael Duffy and give it another go next season. Um, but for me, they've been very disappointed.
1: Yeah, they have. It's a poor season for Derry. I would have thought they'd been, I look at their squad at the start of the season. And- I would have thought they'd be, you know, challenging for that toward fourth place. You know, maybe the fourth place, um, or you know, with with Bowes and, and that sort of I would have had when I looked at the squad. They've got a lot of good players in. Um, again, another you know dilemma for the chairman: does he continue to do what he's doing and and, and, and plough the money in there to to try get them in? I think the key for a lot of these people is that there is a great option of of maybe even next season of getting Europe because you're looking at Rovers and Bowes and Undock being in. In a category probably above everybody at the moment And then there's very little between the rest of the team So it's um, and Again we don't know what the makeup up of the league is going to be And that's where it's going to be difficult for the likes of Lee Power And the Derry chairman to be plowing money in When we don't know whether we are going to have attendances And what the, what the financial situation is going to be For these clubs but I, it is I think I think they'll be disappointed Derry where they finished there's no doubt about that Um, You know 7th in the league out oh, of 10 Is probably not what they they would, would have been Thinking at the start of the season that's for certain
0: identical win draw win loss uh draw record and points to uh Finn Harps who we've spoken about now Pat I, I do want to get you on this I I watched the um the Shells Shamrock Rovers game last night um kind of principally while having commentaries of the other games maybe a bit louder in the background so that if a goal went in in Core or in Oriole or whatever and um, but I I did watch this game and I actually thought shells were a bit of a disgrace. In some of the some of the way they some of their tackles on some of the Shamrock Rovers players, I thought as much as they were being absolutely battered around the pitch in terms of the way Rovers played, uh, I thought shells' discipline was very very disappointing. Obviously Deegan getting sent off, which I presume now means he misses the playoff. Um, I, I as I mentioned, I was at that game against Sligo when to all, I'm probably put in my match report. You know they're more or less safe now, but they weren't safe as it turned out. Um, I I was very disappointed in them last night, I have to say. And if I were Longford now, I'd be absolutely delighted that I'm playing Shelburne rather than Finn Harps I think, I think
1: Longford will, will smell blood at the moment there's no doubt about that I think I said before that Shells you know then back to back wins against Waterford and that I probably thought we'd uh, 19 points was going to be enough to stay up but unfortunately uh, Finn Harps went on a great run as well and um, it's caused Shells now and you say sometimes momentum in football as well I still think Shells have enough good players to to, to be able to beat Longford
0: you know, pound for pound they should be winning the game Like
1: yeah they should be they, they have enough players Gary degan's obviously going to miss it it's a big loss I think they missed Luke Bourne as well in the last three games mm. Luke was done well mm. for that centre-half and, and he's suspended I think hoping he's back for that game again Shells is a club that we don't want to see go down to lose Shells and Cork City in one season would be disappointing um, you know so but like you say at the end of the day you get what you deserve Um, you know they're, they're, they've lost nine games as well you no know, scoring scoring has been a real problem for them around the pitch, you know. So, um, but listen, it, the Spires have got to realize this, this is a cup final, you know. It's 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 a one-off game, you know. On 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 paper, they should be able to beat Longford, but Longford will go into the game on back of two decent victories against UCD and Galway. You know, mm. you know, two teams are hard to play against Galway. Obviously, we're on a crest of a wave on the run day went on, so it's by no means a given. It's a difficult, difficult game for Shelmers.
0: Yeah, just to mention, Dan referenced Joe Casey as well, who you remember well from your Shells days, and that's obviously a notable departure. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: think I think he, you know when I was at, at, at Shells as a player and as a manager, Joe was there and at the board, and you know he, he he's just done an incredible job. When I left the club, obviously we know the club was in in turmoil and in a, in a bad bad way, but to actually bring it to where they brought it. And I know the results on the pitches is, is difficult for their supporters at the moment. And, and it really is. And I do hope they stay up. I really mean that. I hope they still not being disrespectful to Longford, but I do hope they stay up because they're building something. The crowds are really good before uh, the lockdown. So, but Joe's job that he's done there, I think people don't realise the amount of work that he's put in and finances that he's put into that football club. He's he's done an, an unbelievable job and he's handed her over in a situation where the club is is in a great position financially. He can't be as responsible or on the pitch at the moment. So, um. But again, in saying that as well, he deserves a break. It's difficult to do what he's been doing for a long period of time, and he's still a young man. and I'm sure he just wants to go and watch Shells playing and and enjoy his team. I know he's a an Leeds fan as well. So, and um, but he's done he's done a brilliant job there. He's one of the unsung heroes around Shelbourne Football Club, and I would throw Colin Murphy into that category as well. Mm. A lot of other board members that have been there a long, long time.
0: Yeah, I have to say, I really enjoyed being back at Tolka Park for that Sligo game. And um, I went for, back in the days when you could actually go for a pint, I think it was just before lockdown. So myself and Rory Houston went for a beer after the game pass. And uh, mm. he was so despondent, despondent. He was like, you know, Sligo have blown their chance. And to think, to, when I think back now that Sligo finished mm. fourth and Shells finished second last. And like, it's just been that sort of season, hasn't it?
1: yeah and that's what i said i think a few weeks ago when shells got um, games they were probably looking at geez, you know we, we we might have a chance of qualifying for europe here you know and then all of a sudden you, you find themselves in, in in the situation they're in but, but it's just been that seed type of season like you say that small league fixtures and you know if you have a, a, a bad run you can end up in serious trouble um, and and vice versa if you can win a few games you know and get yourself out of trouble but you know, at the end of the day, that the table doesn't lie, and Shells are in a the position they're in because over the course of the season they haven't been good enough. You know, and they've got one more game to go. Deegan's going to be a big loss for them in mm. that game. I know Ryan Brennan as well. They need to get back in, but I think Luke Bourne coming back in would be a big help for them. That's a massive game for Shells to stay in that league, and also for Longford as well, who's a good who we, we, we are a good football club as well and have good people backing them. You know, down there over a long period of time. So, but obviously, where me, Michelle will I'd like to see them stay in the league, but it's been a difficult season so far for them
0: yeah it's probably a good time just to hear from Dara Doyle uh, who spoke to us uh, ahead of the uh, playoff we're delighted to be true to the playoff
4: final the, the real playoff final I suppose now after coming through really competitive games against UCD and against Galway uh, it was a great win and the way we won it against UCD made it all the sweeter with a last minute goal in extra time and then obviously at the weekend against Galway, we put in a very good performance for I felt a deserved win, and um, which brings us into the game obviously this weekend against Shelbourne. Uh, if you look obviously at Shelbourne through the season, they finished very competitively in that season. If you look at the bottom end, there's I suppose a couple of teams finished on 19, 20, 21 points. So they were competitive all season and we'll expect a tough game from them. They've played at Premier level all season, which obviously is a higher level and standard of football than we have. So we know we're going to be in for a tough game um, against Shelburne. They've they've got a number of really good players. Um, On our side of things, we look to impose our game and how we want to play with them without the ball. And listen, we've got a couple of days now and the rest of the week to prepare for the game against Shells at the weekend. We're due to find out the venue and what day the game will be on tomorrow. So when that happens tomorrow... Um, we, we, we'll plan from there but we need a good week of training a good week of preparation to build into the game at the weekend and we can't wait for the game now so really looking forward to the game against Shells
0: Yeah Phil Munley um, who's obviously yep. backed the the club so well Pat I, I, just, yeah, I was absolutely. just asking him before the um, or sorry I just asked him after the game um, you know, because A. Durvin, who's a local lad, I, I was outstanding. I thought he was the best player in the pitch. But Phil said eight players in our squad have come through or have been promoted from the Underage Academy. And the two goal scorers yeah. last night are ex-academy. And I think that's massively encouraging for, obviously, like Longford is a very, very small town. It's a small county, small catchment area. And they've they've done great work there. And it's great to see. I think with
1: with, with Longford, it's really important because if you think of the Longford teams over the years, they'd probably be mostly being Dublin based and and Mm. travelling. And I think, you know, to try to get the people of the local community to buy into what you're doing as a football club, there has to be a a, a fair sprinkling of of local talent in there. So you have to give them great credit. They've obviously done a lot of work around their academy teams at a younger age group, and and they're seeing the fruit of that now by, by, like you say, seven or eight, and, you know, making, making the first team squad, which is important for them going forward.
0: And this isn't the, the worst segue in the world to Cork City because obviously Neil Finn left Longford last season, and now Dara, who replaced him, is on the cusp of potentially getting promoted. Um, Neil was let go by Cork City. I, I mean, it's a tough game, Pat. You know, you know this yourself. But like for managers, like um, to a lesser extent, Vinnie Perth. But Neil Finn, you know, it, it, it's difficult to watch these games. if You're not involved anymore. Where do Cork go from here? Where does Neil Finn go from here? No, no. We
1: spoke to. I mean, Neil's a young manager, so mm. he's just got to dust himself down and and look at, you know, where it went wrong from, and try, you know, you can you can easily when you come out of jobs blaming other people, but you have got to look at yourself in the mirror and think, right, how can I how can I? Because like I said, he's a young coach, young manager. How can I make myself better? And you learn from the mistakes you made in that regard. In relation to Cork, they're a bit like Dundalk for me. Obviously, in a much worse case scenario. The club is, has changed hands. What's that going to be? What's the makeup of that going to be? What are the people that have come in? How are they going to, you know, look at the club? you know, to take a forward. I'd imagine they will look for a bounce back very, very quickly out of that division. So that division is going to be difficult to get out of. And I think Shells will look at that as well going into a playoff that they don't need back in that fourth division, you know, with the likes of Cork and potentially Galway you know, very, very strong. So but it's a disaster for Cork, I have to be honest. A disaster for the league as well. Mm. You know, let's let's not, you know, mess around here. We don't need big clubs like Cork. Uh, leaving leaving the Premier Division. And listen, that's happened across the water, the big clubs as well. So you don't, you don't you know, you have to earn the right to stay in division. And Cork haven't done that over the course of a season. Won two matches, you know, scored 10 goals. Like it's, it's horrendous form when you think about it for a club that we're challenging for trophies and doubles and cups. Not that long ago, you know. So um, they need to pick themselves up and, and, and build that club. And you're hoping the people that have come in are looking at it that way, that they, that they will build the club and, and have a right go getting back into the Premier Division next season.
0: Finally, uh, am I right in saying we have the delight of your uh, company on the box uh, as Colcom on air for the uh, 21s against Iceland at half 12 on Sunday?
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. I've um, probably been in contact with, with, with Rennie and Jim Crawford over the last few weeks. And, um, you know, I think they're looking looking forward to the game as well. It's, it's, it's you know, it's it's poised nicely for them as well, isn't it? And, they, you know, they go into the games with confidence. I know Stephen has probably taken one of the two of their better players. But, listen, that's that's under 21 football that's what the job is when you take it you're never going to have your full squad if, if the players are developing well then that's a success in a way as well as well, that you get players into the senior team um, but you know if they, if they could win the, the games then it gives them a chance obviously in a playoff and um, I think when you would have looked at that group that's that's probably what we would have expected
0: mm. Um Absolutely terrific to talk to you. Hopefully I uh, might see you up in Windsor Park uh, in the new year because I, I have to say, just you know, I, 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 feel, I feel there is a bit of a buzz back in the Irish League and um, maybe we don't take an awful lot of notes of it, but we don't have a lot of football to follow here for the next few months and uh, keep, we'll be keeping an eye out to see how the Blues are getting on and uh, how Laren and Cliftonville and, and Crusaders are and chasing you and so on.
1: Yeah, you're more than welcome, Johnny. Just let me know you're more than welcome up to Windsor.
0: Thanks a million, Pat.
1: Cheers, Johnny. Thanks for that
0: yeah thanks to Pat for coming in and that was uh, the end of a pretty bumper episode 28 of season 4 lots more to play for obviously we've uh, lots of games coming up in the cup and uh, we'll see what happens there and we'll be back next week with Danielson Uh, chat to you then
2: but there are limits